Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The Dow is up 50, the NASDAQ is down 60, and all eyes on Jerome Powell. He's the chairman of the Federal Reserve. You've seen pictures. Heck of a good-looking fella. And we're going to be getting some announcements. The announcement, of course, is the question of whether or not they're going to be raising rates. Is the inflation in check? There's absolutely nothing that shows the inflation is in check. Zero. So why would we believe it so? Why would we be convinced that somehow there won't be an interest rate increase to keep the inflation in check when the inflation is not in check and the spending continues? Prices remain high. And while people are begging the Fed, please, Lord, don't raise rates, because if you raise rates, you could be putting more regional banks at risk. Now, it's not the fault of the Fed. The Fed's trying to deal with the inflation that's been caused by the spending and the lack of actual stuff. If the banks, like Silicon Valley Bank, weren't properly invested and were put into bonds where the value goes down as the interest rates go up, my gosh, how's that on us? We're just tired of paying so much for the basic goods at a grocery store, which, by the way, we're paying a crap ton for. What has become the new normal, what has become the new normal in going out to eat at a restaurant is out of control. I don't know how anybody does it. I I honestly don't know how anybody does it. If, If you find me on the streets and ask me this story, I will tell you of a place I went to locally when dinner for four came to to a buck and a half. For those of you playing a home game, that's $150. Okay, I'm out. I'm no wonder I'm smoking so many briskets at home. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. So Jerome Powell is very aware that the banking sector doesn't want him to raise interest rates because there could be banks, regional banks or others that are right there on that teeter-totter line and maybe they've got the wrong investments and the wrong bonds and the next thing you know, things are going to go right quick. Which is, of course, great news for J.P. Morgan Chase because the federal government's going to give them a sweetheart deal or another large bank a a, a sweetheart deal. The FDIC is going to bail out everybody, and of course we're going to be on the hook. Every time they say the taxpayer's not on the hook for one penny, that's simply not true. Somebody has to be the person who's paying if the answer is uh, we're going to pay for this, if we're going to uh, cover these deposits. Somebody has to be on the hook. Somebody's got the right check. Write the check. It's Harvey Keitel. Someone's got to go to jail. Although no one ever seems to go to jail. So what is it that Jerome Powell is going to do? Will we then be moving the um, Fed's benchmark borrowing rate to about five and a half? Remember, the Fed's target rate on inflation is 2%. Right now, the interest rate, uh, the federal funds rate, the charge banks charge other banks for borrowing money, uh, 5% basically. 
So we might see five and a quarter. We might see five and a half as that rate. Where does that put your ability to get a mortgage? Where does that put your ability to buy a car? Does that mean car prices go down? Should I be buying a used car right now? I don't need anything, but, you know, I'm willing. Meanwhile, ADP, which is the payroll company, says that private payrolls are expected to go up by 296,000, which means 296,000 jobs added in April. Where? I have got layoffs at Disney. Where was it yesterday? 3,000 jobs lost. I, 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 for, I forget where it was. It was, it was just yesterday. Someone's going to remind me. I'm be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Morgan Stanley, that's right. Morgan Stanley cut another 3,000 jobs. But private payrolls are up 269,000. Why don't I talk to all the restaurant friends that I have and find out? Why don't I find out from all the people I know who own restaurants or retail locations, uh, see how the hiring is going? Not that they're getting applications. Let's see how the hiring is going. So that's where the markets are. That's where the markets are. Then there is this story that I didn't think was actually true. Um, Did the U.S. Navy bring in a drag queen as a way of getting recruits. I'm just asking because I want to know exactly how they um, thought that this was going to work. The story was out there, and I saw a video. I'm like, yeah, look, just because you see a video these days doesn't mean anything. If you trust a video you see, I think you're nuts. But according to the New York Post, the U.S. Navy had hired an active duty drag queen to be the face of a recruitment drive. He's Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, whose stage name is Harpy Daniels. I assume uh, Harpy is the younger sister of Stormy. No? Too soon? Okay, can I get a can I get a ruling? Can I, no, yes. Can I get some sort of ruling on whether or not that's a, a good joke? Do you Thank you, Cher. Appreciate you. Glad you were glad you were down for that. Took you long enough. Uh shared the journey on TikTok and Instagram describing uh, how he began performing on board and became an advocate for people who were oppressed for years in the service. I'm sorry. Um, The military is not a place where anybody should care at all about any of this. No one should see it. They should see you in uniform as a killing machine. End of list. That's your job. Kill people and break things. You have no other job. The work that you do is good work. The humanitarian that you work is work that you do is well noted. Are you allowed a life after the military? You better believe it. While you wear the uniform, I don't want to hear, hear a good holy thing. I don't want to hear it. Why, why are we somehow subjected to it? And why would anybody think 
that you, as a drag queen, is a way to bring in more recruits. Oh, look, they're hiring people just like me. I would think that you hire people by showing the seriousness of the work that it is that you do, not engaging in the social. While we're debating this, the Revolutionary Guard of Iran seized a Panamanian-flagged oil tanker in the Straits of Hormuz. If you have never looked at the Straits of Hormuz, you really should take a look at a map. Hormuz, H-O-R-M-U-Z. And what you will see is this, this, this little hook. This little hook that exists. And it separates a couple of places. You've got the Gulf of Oman. You've got the Persian Gulf. In between the two is the Straits of Hormuz. And that little hook is uh, right there. It's, 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 that, it's Dubai, or is it the UAE? And um, it's Iran on the other side. So oil tankers go through this strait. Oil tankers have to make that turn. And they do it all the time. By the way, I said I said Dubai. Is it the UAE or is it Oman? Uh, I never remember what the actual country that controls the, the tip of that land is jutting up. And they have, this is now their second or third tanker that the Iranians have taken. So a question now comes as to what the plan is, because some of this oil uh, it, it was coming to us. Uh, the, these, these vessels are flagged to other countries. Um, exactly what are the Iranians are trying to get done here? And is this about the oil or is this about their nuclear program? Because Iran is seconds away from being able to go nuclear. And when Iran can go nuclear, it's bad for everybody else. Now, I will admit I am surprised I have not heard even amongst the rumor mill people of destruction of Iranian facilities from the Israelis. The Israelis are not going to let Iran build a bomb if they can help it. And if it means they're going to blow a mother up, they're going to blow a mother up. And absolutely they should, no matter what Rashida Tlaib thinks. And I'll get into Rashida Tlaib coming up in just a bit. In the meantime, the U.S. Surgeon General just engaged a conversation about loneliness that's going to make your head spin when you think about what this government did to its citizens over COVID. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. There are reports of a shooting at a hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. I think it's going to be a while before we've got some real data on what's going on. Officers called to the Northside Medical Midtown, so that's West Peachtree Street. If you know Atlanta at all, you know that there is a Peachtree uh, everywhere. 
it is difficult to navigate that city. I mean, very, very difficult. So I'm going to keep an eye on this story, but I'm willing to bet you cash money. I don't have really useful information until tomorrow as this continues to unfold. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, as I said, the phone number 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. The story came that uh, the Surgeon General of the United States, Vivek Murthy, put out this, this report, 81-page report from the Surgeon General's office, stating that half of U.S. adults, about half of U.S. adults, say they've experienced loneliness. Um, I am somebody who has uh, long discussed uh, that uh, people need human contact, and I favor uh, the abilities for people to engage in human contact. As a matter of fact, it is the human contact conversation that has brought me to the place where I state, and I've said so for years now, I believe in legalized prostitution. You, the the people out there who can't meet somebody, they've, they've got a medical this, they've got a shyness that, they're not attractive. They can't meet somebody. They can't find somebody to be intimate with them, but they are desperate to be intimate because the human condition actually requires it. Babies can grasp. People want to be near each other. It's why solitary confinement is so absolutely evil. People want to be connected. And people want human connection of all kinds. Some sexual and some otherwise. So I have never understood why we don't understand this and why we don't allow consenting adults engaged in contract of their own free will to do exactly that. And the people who want to tell me, yeah, but... You know, they can find other ways. No, they can't. And I don't understand why you hate them so much. I don't understand why you hate them so much. It's disgusting that you hate them. Stop hating them. Loneliness is, of course, awful. But what an interesting thing to hear from the Surgeon General, who then, in an interview with the Associated Press stated that millions of people in America are struggling in the shadows, and that's not right. That's why I issued this advisory to pull back the curtain on a struggle that too many people are experiencing. And he equated it to smoking up to 15 cigarettes daily. Loneliness is the same thing as smoking 15 cigarettes? I don't know how you come to that mathematics, but okay, fine. Loneliness is a problem. I concede. Here's the question. Why were you part of an administration and the administration before it that allowed people to exacerbate the problem? We promoted loneliness during COVID. Well, Tony, it was a virus. Stop it. You're telling me we had to promote the idea that some woman in her 80s wasn't allowed to be at her husband's side holding his hand as he passed away. He had to die alone. She had to watch him die alone. And she had to be alone while she watched him die alone. Are you out of your mind? There is no level 
of forgiveness that exists in that moment. You want to talk about loneliness. You want to talk about what we did to kids. No, you can't go play with friends. No, you can't even play outside with friends. No, you can't touch friends. No, you're not allowed to see grandma. No, you can't give grandma a hug. No, you have to be in this plastic bubble while you enter the world. We did this. I'm not arguing that there wasn't loneliness beforehand, and I'm not arguing there won't be loneliness tomorrow. I am saying that we did so much damage to ourselves as a society regarding COVID that the lessons keep coming at us. You know, we talked about it at the time, guys, and what we said to each other was, we don't even understand the beginning of the horror that we've unleashed upon ourselves. There we were, you and me, on the bar stool. We were all in agreement. And I say we here because, of course, it was we. You think I'm alone in this? I am not alone in this at all. You know and I know we had this conversation because you had it with your friends, I had it with my friends, and we had it together. We don't even understand the levels to which we have damaged kids in this country, never mind damaged adults in this country, the harm that we have done. But thank goodness the Surgeon General wants to tell me uh, about uh, loneliness. Thank goodness. One of the ways to ensure that you combat loneliness, I don't know if the Surgeon General uh, points this out, is never listen to your government when they tell you you can't see grandma and grandpa. When they tell you you're not allowed to walk into the nursing home, walk right in. Even if you have to push people aside, they'll appreciate the human contact. Walk right in. Don't let anybody stop you. Walk right into the hospital and go see that sick relative. Don't let anybody stop you. Because we can't have them be alone, die alone. That's just, that's misery on misery. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't be by your spouse's side when they take their last breath. Oh, no, 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 no. They try and stop you, punch them in the face, or do what you must. And you say to me, Tony, how violent. With all due respect... It is disgusting and obscene that the Surgeon General puts this out after what the government has done to Americans for the past three years. And I don't think that the rational response is, hmm, this is very insightful. I think the rational response is, what are you going to do to ensure you're not lonely? And it has to start with, don't let the government force you into loneliness. They tell you your kids can't play with other kids. Make sure the kids play with other kids. The kids can't go to school, make sure you keep the schools open. Kids can't go to the park, go to the park. And if the police come, get 100 parents to say, look, you can try and come through us, but it ain't happening. Why don't you go find some crimes, boys? And police officers are going to say to me, how dare you suggest parents do that? I shouldn't have to. You should be smart enough to know that maybe that's not something you're supposed to be looking at. You drive by the park, you look the other way and be like, wow, nobody's at the park today. And then you drive on to deal with actual crime. This is, this is really a frustrating report. But loneliness is real. That much is true. Also true, Representative Rashida Tlaib is a Jew-hating bigot. I'll explain next. 
It is no surprise to anybody who's been paying attention anywhere that Rashida Tlaib is a Jew-hating bigot. Now, people will want to yell at me and say, how dare you speak that way about a member of Congress? It's not my fault that she's a Jew-hating bigot. It's her fault that she's a Jew-hating bigot. What you're angry about is that I notice you are angry and upset and bothered that I'm aware of the fact that Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman from Michigan, is a Jew-hating bigot. That's what you are upset by. You're upset by my knowing that the word Nakba means catastrophe, and she refers to the existence of Israel as a catastrophe, and that, in her words, the Nakba continues. You're upset, uh, not you, they're upset that we are aware that the people of Michigan voted for a Jew-hating bigot, support a Jew-hating bigot, and this Jew-hating bigot has support in Congress from from uh, Ilhan Omar, representative from Minnesota, from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, representative from New York, Jamal Bowman, also from New York, from people like Andre Carson, the congressman from the 7th District of Indian, uh, of Indiana, Indianapolis, who, of course, has referred to Rashida Tlaib as, and I'm quoting here, my sister. Rashida Tlaib taking to the Twitter account uh, uh, that she has, which is a bigotry account, to once again state the lie that Israel is an apartheid state. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. And actually, it's no longer Locals. It's just TonyKatz.com. Yeah, it's just TonyCats.com. That's all That's all you have to say. TonyCats.com. Boom. You get to the site. You can be a part of it. And you can subscribe if, if you wish. Kevin McCarthy putting out a tweet. As he was in Israel, the United States and Israel share a special relationship. We are the only two countries in history that were conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that we are all equal. I know the best days for Israel and our unbreakable bond are ahead of us. To which Representative Rashida Tlaib responds... Speaker McCarthy wants to rewrite history, but the apartheid state of Israel was born out of violence and the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. 75 years later, the Nakba continues to this day. Jew-hating bigot. Now, I thought I understood this story differently when I came across this out of the Jerusalem Post. Palestinians blast European Commission president for saying Israel made desert bloom. And the Palestinian Authority called the remarks racist, demanding that the European Commission president apologize. As the story goes, what she said, what Ursula von der Leyen is, is her name. She's the uh, president of the European Com- Commission. Today we celebrate 75 years of vibrant democracy in the heart of the Middle East. 75 years of dynamism, ingenuity, and groundbreaking innovations. You have literally made the desert bloom. The Palestinian Authority says, quote, the state of Palestine rejects the inappropriate, false, and discriminatory remarks by the president of the European Commission, particularly the made the desert bloom anti-Palestinian racist trope. Such propagandist discourse dehumanizes and erases the Palestinian people and falsifies their rich history and civilization. The question before us is, what the hell are you talking about? It was a desert before Israel was formed. There was nothing there. You can go back to the writings of Winston Churchill, 
We're talking about his time in the Boer War and afterwards. We're talking about time that he spent in the area and he was constantly, constantly writing to British officials because he wanted to be noticed. So he was constantly writing them and giving them updates and giving them reports. They didn't ask for the report. He was just giving the report. There was nothing there. Before Israel, it was a desert of nothingness. The land of milk and honey, some nice bit of rhetorical flourish for, uh, I don't know, the Bible. But the truth is, there was nothing there. It took Israeli ingenuity It took those Jews kicked out of every place else around the globe to make that happen. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. Complete and total. The facts are not that the poor Palestinians were kicked out of this or have been abused by that. If they've been kicked out and abused, it's been by other Arab nations that didn't allow them entry and left them to, be, to suffer, which they have under the hands of the Palestinian Authority, which exists solely and exclusively not to make lives better, but to kill Jews and destroy Israel. When you're focused on killing Jews and destroying Israel, it's very hard to do things like, I don't know, build a hospital. Goldemeyer said, we will have peace with the Palestinians when they love their children more than they hate us. And here we are some 40 years later, and Rashida Tlaib has proven to you she hates Jews more than she loves her own kids or any quote-unquote Palestinian kid. She hates Jews more. That's who she is. That's where the Palestinian Authority is. And here we are today. The facts are sometimes very, very unapologetic. Rashida Tlaib calls herself an unapologetic congresswoman fighting for justice for all. You're a bigot. You're a Jew-hating bigot who can't accept the fact that Israel's here to stay and nobody gives a damn whether you like it or not. You want to fight? I say the Israelis should fight. I'm Jewish, but I'm not Israeli. I'm an American. I'm not Israeli. There are times where I disagree uh, with Israeli policy. I don't agree with Israel's existence. Not only do I say that I'm a Zionist, I say it with such clarity and with absolute authority that nobody should question I'm a Zionist. Israel has the right to exist, and I don't give a damn what this Jew-hating bigot Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has to say. Liar. Fraud. Jew-hating bigot Rashida Tlaib. Now, if you want to engage, you don't like this policy, why don't we try this? Why don't we do that? Well, that's all conversation. The Nakba continues to this day, which is defined as the Palestinian catastrophe. It's literally, Wikipedia has it, was the destruction of Palestinian society and homeland in 1948 and the permanent displacement of a majority of the Palestinian Arabs. Oh, dear Lord. Let us, let us go through the historical inaccuracies and insanities of all of this. Israel's here to stay. It's like California. Remember when there was this whole thing that there should be Reconquista and California should go back to, to Mexico? California's part of the United States. It's it's over. What, what are we discussing here? You want to right the wrongs? We're not righting the wrongs. Things happened, and here's the society, and that's the way it is. Oklahoma is not going back to some Native American tribe. I'm not angry with anybody. I'm just describing the facts as they are.
But if you wanted to give California back, let's say you wanted to give California back, which some of us are like, you know what? We've seen what's going on in San Francisco. That's not a bad idea, Tony. I'll give California back to, to Mexico. I'll give it back. But I'm giving it back the way we found it. I am going to burn every building to the ground. I'm going to raise every single building. I'm going to pull every piece of pipe out of the ground, every copper fitting, everything that moves a a sewer line, everything. There will not be a road left when I am done. Theme parks, that's right out. And then I'm going to salt the earth because you're going to have to fight to get that land in certain areas to grow. Yes, the Central Valley could be the breadbasket of America, but too bad we've prevented them from getting water and we rely on the Chinese for food, neither here nor there. I will give it back to you in exactly the condition we got it. Best of luck, Mexico. The Palestinians want Israel? Because I'm, first, we should be clear, I feel differently about Israel. I'm not willing to give that back. Because I'm not, you're not the one it goes back to. It's not your land. You want to fight? Let's fight. It's not your land. Historically or biblically, it's not your land. Let's go to work. There's not, there's no you to give it back to. Give it back to a terrorist organization that's paid for by Iran, which, by the way, has been going after tankers that are associated with the United States and stealing U.S. oil. Never mind calling for the nuclear annihilation of Israel. This is the side that Rashida Tlaib is on. Well, obviously. Sometimes I say Tlaib, sometimes I say Tlaib. I I don't mean the mispronunciation because I think that's, you know, cheap when you just mispronounce someone's name, right? Unless unless I'm talking about cringe Jean-Pierre and I say cringe Jean-Pierre and you know that I'm I'm engaged in the play on words because everything she says is totally cringeworthy. I don't mean it that way with Tlaib. Um, I I just refer to her as what she is, the Jew-hating bigot. But she's on the side of Ayatollah Khomeini. She's on the side of the annihilation of Israel. If you believe that the existence of Israel is Nakba, a Palestinian catastrophe, you clearly are in favor of removing Israel. Ergo, you're in favor of its annihilation. When you become a member of Congress and the first thing that happens in your office is somebody writes Palestine on a post-it note and you put it over Israel on the map, you favor the annihilation and the eradication of Israel. You favor killing Jews. If you believe in from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. That is a call to genocide. That's who you are, Representative Rashida Tlaib. That's who you are. You are a Jew-hating bigot. It's really easy to understand. If I, I have no way of giving you Israel back. It isn't yours. But if for some reason we were going to decide, you know what? The Jews will go elsewhere. We'll, we'll pick a spot over here. Same rules would apply. Every building gets raised. The earth gets salted. Every bit of fiber optics comes out of the ground. Let's see you build any level of medical device. Go on. Go on. Israel isn't more advanced. Because they're actually smarter. I don't actually believe that. It is because culturally, they have gotten on with their lives. Remember, when Israel was formed, Jews were kicked out of countries all around the Mediterranean. They were kicked out. 
They didn't get to take their keep their property. They didn't get to take all their possessions with them. They had already been displaced uh, when it came to to the Holocaust. And then country after country said, "Get out of here, Jews!" And they go to Israel. This is where you belong, and that's where they went. You know what they did? They said, "All right, we are done moving." Somebody get me a snack. Let's build a hospital. We're seriously going to need a hospital. No, no, we need the hospital before the school. We can teach the kids on our own. But where are we going to go? What if, what if Morty has a heart attack? Can we please build something, but not too big? I don't want to be flashy. Just build the hospital. We're going to need some doctors. Thank goodness this is the kind of thing that we're up for. And then they did it. That's what happened. They moved on with their day. The Abraham Accords are so unbelievably important because they put an end to the idea that somehow the Palestinian question has to be resolved. No, it's not a question. You've got a group of people supported by terrorists who believe in the destruction of Israel, but Israel's here and it's going to stay. So you know what other nations did? Hey, how can we do some trade? How can we do some tourism stuff? Think we can make money off this relationship? That's what the Abraham Accords did. It changed the game fundamentally from you have to resolve the Palestinian question to, man, they got to figure themselves out. Come on, let's work together. We see them over there, but come on, let's work together. And that's correct. That is accurate. That is what has grown out of those Abraham Accords is opportunity on opportunity on opportunity. And it's been amazing to witness. We should be clear that Donald Trump has done more in those Abraham Accords to bring world peace than Joe Biden has done on anything. Certainly more than Representative Rashida Tlaib has done. That Jew-hating bigot. I don't know what my stations are going to say about this commentary. I don't know if I'm going to get emails. I don't know if I'm going to get suspended. I don't I don't have an answer. I'm going to describe it as it is based on her words and based on her commentary. And I'm going to do so in a very, very clear voice. Now, the question that you may be asking is, is this because you're Jewish, Tony? It's a great question. And uh, it, it's a great question because when people engage in something, uh, sometimes in, in situations like this, it's like, well, you, you feel like you have to say something because you're Jewish or because you're Jewish, you, you carry an expertise on the subject. I don't carry an expertise on the subject because I'm Jewish. That'd be like saying somebody is an expertise on racism because they're black. It's, that's not the way it, it works. That should come from study. Not from saying uh, I'm Jewish, therefore I'm an expert on anti-Semitism. I, I, I don't make that claim. I claim no expertise. But I know that when you call Israel an apartheid state, you're lying. I know when you say Israel is born out of violence, you're lying. I know when you discuss an ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, you're lying. And I know when you refer to it as the Nakba, you believe in the eradication of Israel. And I know when you put post-it notes over Israel on a map in your office on your first day on the job, you believe in genocide. From that, I believe I am able to deduce that Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan is a Jew-hating bigot. I believe I can say such a thing based on what she has said. Does it make it more true because I'm Jewish? No, I believe it is just uh, uh, ascertaining the facts and seeing how they lay out. It is uh, be, My being Jewish doesn't give me some expertise. 
It didn't give me some inside knowledge, some secret knowledge, as David Mamet w- would say and, and wrote about, but rather just the honest look at what it is she is saying and what she is doing shows you what she's about, what she desires, and why she is so absolutely awful and why she is such a bigot. I'm not going to apologize for that. I'll let the chips fall where they may. I'm Tony Katz. Whiskey Fest, people. Seriously, we're in need. We're in need. This is Chicago, which is doing Whiskey Fest on May 12th at the Hyatt Regency. And Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show will be there. We are going to be reporting from the scene. So if you're going, you just got to let me know. Uh, I'd love to say hello uh, to you. There are tickets. There's VIP. There's general mission. There's all sorts of things going on there at Whiskey Fest. Uh, there, I I have been you know asked about what why we haven't done something like this in Indianapolis, and the answer is I think we need to do something like this in Indianapolis. I'm I'm not joking. This this has to this has to happen. This has to be a thing. I'm I'm all in. 100% all in I'm putting something together for Indian for really for Indiana I'm looking forward to it looking forward to what's going on you can find out more at whiskeyadvocate.com and I will see you there with Eat Drink Smoke eatdrinksmokeshow.com this is Tony Katz today <laughs>